Hello and welcome to the Hey You Got This podcast. I am your host, Stacia. And I am your host, Lizzie, and we are your friends in all things wellness weirdness. And today, guys, we are talking about multi-level marketing, aka MLMs, aka pyramid schemes in the wellness space. This was requested by a listener named Fiona, and she is actually a really incredible travel writer. She writes for magazines like uh, Forbes. Have you heard of it? NBD. Yeah, NBD. She's just like a badass, amazing human. And so I will link her Instagram in our show notes so that you can follow her. But thank you, Fiona, for this episode request. I think it's going to be a really fun one. Yeah, I'm excited to dive deep. I feel like if anything, they seem to be on the rise these days. So I think that this is a good topic for us to be talking about so that people can make informed decisions across the board. 100%. And you had a really good point, Stacia, before we were recording about just how like we're not trying to bash anybody's hustle. We just, as always, really want to help you guys make informed decisions and just share the educational nuggets that we have so that you can just be better equipped out in the world. Yeah. So no shame here for whatever you choose to do for if you're participating in an MLM. That's not the point of this episode. We just want to talk openly about kind of our experiences with it and uh, what we've seen come up when we're preparing for this episode and everything. So it'll be good, you guys. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Stacia, let's dive in. What is in your mind, in your Stacia's words, an MLM? So it's interesting because I'm actually curious because I realized that as I was looking it up, trying to find the distinction between an MLM and a pyramid scheme, that there is a difference. And I'm curious what you found out about it, because for me, it was seeming more like a multi-level marketing is somebody who's like representing a brand and a product and selling it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the pyramid scheme is the one where you create like there's different levels and the more people you bring underneath you to sell your stuff, the more which is like that's illegal, right? <laughs> like the, a pyramid scheme is illegal, but I, I it got messy, Lizzie. I don't okay, know. It's really confusing. <laughs> and I have to give a little shout out to there's a podcast called The Dream. They do like investigative reporting on things in the wellness space. And they did an entire season about this. And even after a whole season, they still were like, it's very confusing. So yeah, I think it can be both. I think that the lines are blurry. Yeah, because they <laughs> say pyramid schemes are illegal. So it's just very interesting. Whereas if you're just somebody representing a product and like selling the product, that that's something different than when you like amass the people below you to sell the product. And and I don't even know if all MLMs have quotas for how much product you have to purchase in order to be a representative for them. Because I find that that seems to be like one of the things that gets people is they have to pay for all this inventory yeah. to part participate in it and then they end up stockpiling all this stuff that either they don't sell or it just takes up space and money that they have to upfront invest into it and that that can be something that ends up biting people in the butt and I have lots of examples of that there's a (laughs) show I'm trying to look up what it was called because it was really good uh you remember Kirsten Dunst from Bring It On it's been a while but yes okay so (laughs) there is this show that she was in recently and it's called okay I just looked it up it's called On Becoming a God in Central Florida I'll link it in the show notes it's a Hulu show but it is like the whole story of in the 80s pyramid schemes and her husband gets like super into a pyramid scheme and she thinks he's doing really well and then he dies and she realized that he has cases and cases and cases of product that he had to buy on somebody else's property and so it's like the whole crazy story of it's fascinating actually I want to watch it again now that I'm talking about it um, um, I want to watch it's like it. a very that entertaining show but it they talk about that they talk about how there's like yeah just like some companies where you do have to buy a bunch of product and is that really legal no and yeah these quotas that you're giving people how does that work logistically so it's it's crazy well I'm about to call out one of like the biggest names I know in the fitness industry and it's first form mm. <laughs> so having dated somebody who was a first form athlete it is very interesting because essentially their marketing is insane let me just tell you because they have everybody participating essentially in an MLM without even 
knowing it because they have ambassadors that if you get a free shipping code, you can make a commission off the products that people buy using your code. But that being said, you are required to purchase a minimum of product every single month in order to get that code. Yep. So it's like you get branded as like an ambassador and like it's all this sexy stuff and like, oh, you can become an elite athlete, which also, by the way, just means fitness model. Like it's yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to the Olympics. <laughs> and, I, and I mean, they do actually have some pretty badass people that 100%. are within their brand that are quite physically fit and skilled, but it is just funny, the whole branding behind it. But it's really interesting because again, you see this company that's like taking the fitness space by storm as far as I'm concerned. Like they're one of the biggest supplement companies that I know about. It wasn't even just because I was running in that circle that I was like surrounded by first form people. There are people that I've followed for years that are now jumping on the first form train. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is one of the biggest ones out there. And they are essentially operating under the same premise that you have to have it's so shady. a minimum order that you have in order to participate in the program that they have, but they make it seem like they're like doing you a favor, but most people aren't going to push enough to cover the costs of yes. what they have to invest okay. in, which is where the problem yes. lies. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I just got so impassioned guys that I knocked my headphones <laughs> off. Okay. Yes. I'm really glad that you brought this up because I hadn't even really like thought of going down this path, but this is actually a huge problem. And Stacia, I know you had an account that had a ton of followers on Instagram. This is a really big problem on the influencer marketing space. I get con, you know, I get like dozens of emails every day of people. And this isn't like me bragging. This is like, there's a lot to weed through of what's legit and what's not. I would say probably like 30 to 40% of them are companies like this that are like, Hey, we'd love to get work together. And I'm like, great. What, you know, what are your terms? What are you thinking? What are your marketing goals? And often it's like, well, we'll give you a 50% off code to purchase our smoothie ingredients. And then you'll get a 20% off code to share to your followers. And we'll give you, you know, like X amount of, you know, percentage of commission off that product. And I'm like, so I have to pay money to participate in like, maybe make money. And they're like, well, yeah, that's, you know, and how they always do it is they're like, well, we only want people who are truly passionate about our products, which is why we ask you to purchase them. And I always am like, I do not pay to work. It's <laughs> like, yeah, so problematic. And if someone like genuinely wants to work together, or genuinely wants to see if I like their products, they will usually send them to me for free. And then if I like the products, I always reach out and I'm like, great, I liked it. What are the next steps? But it's a really big problem in the influencer marketing space. And I think people who have been in the business for a long time, like me and you even have had a lot of Instagram followers for a long time. We know how to weed out of that. But I have seen so many women who are like, I'm going to be a blogger. I'm going to start a fitness account. And then these accounts start reaching out to them and they're like, this is amazing. And then they just like drive themselves into a a whole trying to make money off of commission for this product that maybe even isn't that great, but they've been told that they'll get commission from it if they're buying it. It's just, it's so crazy. Because I even think about how they prop it up as we want only people that love our product. Well, it's like, well, then you should be looking for people that are tagging your product yep. and reach out to those that are already using it. <laughs> or again, if you want somebody who loves your product, be like, we believe so much in our product. Here it is for free. Yes. Yeah, totally. And, and then go from there. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's like a way to practice business with integrity, but there are a couple brands and I won't call them out here because um, you guys are all smart. You can figure them out. But fashion brands specifically do this where you realize that they're just making all of their money off of this like fake influencer program where it's just anybody with an Instagram account. They're spamming saying, here's a 50 percent off code when really that's just how much their products are valued at. But they like way mark up the price and then pretend to be offering you this great deal. It's such a shitty business model. I actually was within the last week, a CBD company reached out to me to work together and they were women owned and their branding looked really cool. We had a phone call, like it got pretty far down the line. And I was like, great, what are the next steps? And they were like, well, you have to purchase this $100 thing and then we'll give you a discount code. And I was like, I have to spend $100 to like, quote unquote, work with you. And they were like, yeah. And again, use that messaging. It's like shaming where they're like, well, we want to make sure you like the product. We don't just work with anybody. And I'm like, that's not my problem. <laughs> like <laughs> you can send me like a sample pack that costs you like nothing to send. You don't need to send me all of your products, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's wild. 
That's so fascinating because I never, I've never gotten to that level with uh, my my influence and accounts. <laughs> but it's fascinating it's to hear about yours because really the only weird. time that like. I was a part of something which I don't even it wasn't an MLM I think they did it right was celestial bodies oh yeah so those looked with their great leggings. yeah you looked like you really I mean it seemed like you genuinely loved their clothes yeah and then by the time I quote unquote became an ambassador I don't even know what they called it I don't even want to call myself an ambassador for them yeah. I got a discount code for them yeah, but they yeah. sent me $350 worth yeah, of that's amazing. free workout stuff right. and we're like thank you we're so excited to have you and like that felt really good yes uh, like it felt like a mutual arrangement that everybody benefited from. But I think that at the end of the day, just talking to you as we prepare for this podcast, it was kind of this idea that we end up feeling like the MLMs get fairly problematic because they tend to be predatory and uh, Mm -hmm. they end up taking advantage of people. They're not fully transparent as far as like what to actually expect. They sell this big dream, but like so much marketing out there these days is so predatory. Like I've even succumbed. Like when I think of my business coach, I was like, his marketing was actually pretty predatory, like totally. taking advantage a lot of a lot of people. And again, like it, people are good at what they do when it yeah. comes to that stuff. So I get why people get sold on this dream that it's going to give them financial freedom and all these amazing things when they don't feel like they have a lot of options. Mm-hmm. I had a pretty major fashion brand reach out to me recently wanting to collaborate and they wanted to send me clothes for free, which... I don't often work in for trade because I have bills and I value my work. But if it's something I really like or like I would buy anyway, it, it just it depends on a case by case basis. But they wanted to give me clothes for trade, which I was interested in. But then they gave me a statement of work that they would want. And it was like I would be making a huge video every week and all of these blog posts and all of this stuff. And I was just like, this is not a fair trade like you know this is how much I would charge for all of this content and they came back to me with like well our clothes are really expensive and this is how much it costs to make them and and it was like that is not my problem but I see how people can get really sucked into that to your point because it is predatory and suddenly they reached out to me and then suddenly they were shaming me for being like wait a second like I didn't ask to work with you you know, so it's just, it's pretty wild. And then, you know, we kind of ended the conversation. They were like, well, this is how everybody does uh, influencer marketing. So like, you just kind of need to like nut up or shut up. And I was like, actually, this is not how everybody does it. And also I work in marketing and there are other ways that you could be doing this that would be more authentic and engaging, but it's just, it's a crazy space. That makes me think of when I think of like clothing and things like that. I remember reading this article months ago and then I found it again and it will be linked in the show notes, but about this MLM for workout clothing and leggings. And it was, I'm going to mess it up because it's something. Uh, Is it LuLaRoe? Yes. Thank yeah. you. LuLaRoe. I was like, Rue And I'm like, nope, that's not it. <laughs> LuLaRoe. And so this idea that it was like so crazy to read all about it. And like the reason I think as far as like things being predatory and whatever else is that they literally focus their marketing and their messaging towards stay-at-home moms and people that are in the suburbs or more rural areas that uh, don't necessarily have access to as many job opportunities as someone in a city. So it was really fascinating when I was reading this article about LuLaRoe, besides the fact just like the ins and outs and all these people with their confessions of what it was like being a part of it. And so it was crazy reading the article because all these women just ended up with massive amounts of mm-hmm. debt and all this really crappy, crappy quality of clothing. And that's just, that's for a whole nother podcast episode of just like how wasteful MLMs are as far as like the products that they're creating to sell in high volume just ends up making a bunch of trashy crap that people don't need. Sorry. Okay. There are probably some good ones out there, but as far as like a fast fashion fitness one, like that makes so much waste. And the people were saying that there was like moldy clothing or clothing with holes showing up and all this terrible stuff. So it's like clearly these brands are just here to make money and they're not here to actually do business with integrity. So like that is hard for me to get on board with because I think of myself as somebody who lives with integrity and I want to work with other people that are in integrity as well. And so I see these and I'm just like, who's doing this? Who's making money? Like, again, follow the money, man. We've said it before. We've said it before. (laughs) We'll say it again. Well, to your point, it's like, 
okay, they're they're targeting these stay-at-home moms and saying, hey, we really want to help you. But then when these women, and it's, you know, it's not all women, but in general, this specific industry, the LuLaRoe leggings are, you know, it's women who are buying all of these clothes. And then when they find themselves stuck in debt, are these companies helping them get out of it? No, they completely like ghost them. And so, yeah, to your point, like they just care about making money. Did you find when you were um, reading about this, the YouTube documentary about LuLaRoe? No, I have not. I just read this like long ass article. It's really good. Um, <laughs> so I think it's like, uh, it's complimentary to the article. I've read that. I think I've read the same there's a lot of really long articles about LuLaRoe, but I think we read the same one. Um, but there's also Vice let out a let out Vice released a documentary on YouTube about LuLaRoe and you like see the clothing and you see these women and you see their houses. And it is so heartbreaking. I just got and chills. Yeah. I mean, definitely like plan something happy to watch after it. Cause I watched it and I was like really sad and really fired up afterwards. Like it's, you just feel so bad about it. But all of these people, and this is where I get frustrated with these types of business models, they genuinely thought that this was their ticket to success. And also the crazy thing about LuLaRoe is like the leadership was pressuring all the people to spend money to look as if they were really successful. So there's like this whole side tangent of like some of the leadership in LuLaRoe really pushing the women to get plastic surgery or buy really nice clothes so that then they could bring other people on who would be like, oh my gosh, look at Stacia. She has this like Louis Vuitton purse and this really nice car. So not only are they putting themselves in debt with all the product that they're purchasing, but then like trying to display this lifestyle that they don't actually have. It was just crazy. That is. And that just goes to show like the inauthenticity of it all. And like, again, I only most of the research I've done on LuLaRoe is that uh, they now have a bunch of lawsuits against them. And like all these people are basically ghosting the world and are like, peace out. Yeah, it ends up being this thing where you're stuck with the debt and they get to file bankruptcy and you're like, well, crap, I don't know what to do with my life now. And again, like it's more of an extreme case. I don't think that just because you participate in an MLM means that you're going to end up in terrible debt and all these things. It's just making yourself aware. Because I mean, I guess with any business model like you, there tends to be a risk involved. So with this, there is a risk, but it just seems like they're not nearly as transparent about the likelihood that you are to make money off of it than they should be if they weren't being predatory. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, just the fact that I do think there are ways to do these MLMs, you know, that do really support the people who are involved in them. But I think when you're pushing people to pay a certain amount of product and not really caring if they've like sold a certain amount of product or, you know, you and I were talking before we recorded of like, you're just pushing people to sell this product without like caring if it's helping people or if it's the right product for them, especially in like the wellness and fitness space. I see that a lot. I'm like, I don't want this vitamin. I don't need this vitamin, you know, or like this shake or whatever. And I think that's where it gets really, really tricky and really, really messy. Yeah. And it also, I think is unfortunate because so often I feel like in the wellness and fitness space, when it comes to products that are being pushed in these places with the MLMs are either products that really aren't even necessarily all that great for people. So it would be like fat burning pills or a diet pill or a diet shake and all these things that at the end of the day might not be what is necessarily best for the people involved. Yeah, It's crazy. I know I've followed different people. I can't even remember who they are, but even in like Australia and the UK, there's like boom tea or like boom boom I don't know what the heck yeah, it is I know but I always see about. people like getting called out for promoting it because it's really just super toxic and dangerous just the same thing with skinny tea all these things these products that are being pushed within these companies that have literally do not care if they are effective if they are helpful or if they are harmful they're just like as long as it makes us money <laughs> I mean, it's like we were talking about a couple episodes ago and then you shared it on TikTok, but like the faces of the diet industry, you look at it and it's all these like old white men who are not in good shape, are not healthy. They're just profiting off of these sales and the marketing that we sell to people. That's like, this will make you feel better. I always think it's funny. The, um, a lot of MLMs, they feel like really push like greens powders and like greens pills. And I'm like, 
Or these people could just go to their local grocery store or farmer's market and buy vegetables and like fruit, you know, for a quarter, if not like a fifth of the cost of your greens powder. Well, exactly. It's like, that's not necessarily like an elitist classes thing. Like if you can afford the supplement of it, it's likely that you can afford the whole food version of it as well. And so without proper education to go along with it. And again, I don't know because I've, this is all coming from what I've observed from reading and from people telling me about their accounts with it. So I haven't actually been on to the other side of an MLM to speak to it. So I would love if someone's listening to this and you're like, I'm part of an amazing MLM, like, please tell me about it. I would love to know more about somebody that has uh, experience with it and how it has been for them, because there's so much to learn and know about it. And I only have one angle. All right, listeners, I just wanted to take a moment to make sure that you are caught up on all things as it relates to the life of our podcast and your host, Lizzie, and myself, Stacia. And one thing that I am really excited to be able to offer as you're listening to this, we are one day away from the doors closing on the Total Body Confidence Breakthrough 8-Week Program. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you've heard me mention it at the end of some of the episodes as well as over on my Instagram account, but I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that this deal is going to be going away tomorrow if you are listening on the release date of this podcast episode. So I just wanted to encourage you if this is something you've been thinking about doing and joining, please come along. Lizzie is going to be there as well. We are going to have a good time learning how to swing kettlebells like a badass as well as heal our relationship with exercise and food and move our bodies from an empowered place so that we can walk through life with an unyielding confidence that comes from knowing that we're doing what we need to do in order to take care of ourselves in a meaningful way. And it would mean the world to me to have you join. So I just wanted to hop in here and give you that friendly reminder, that friendly nudge. You can either go to strengthbystacia.com forward slash total body confidence breakthrough, or you can check out the show notes where I will have the links for you as well. And now we'll get back to the episode. Thank you. So sometimes, especially with the health and wellness ones and fitness, like I almost get a little bit more than the ones that are like Tupperware or like leggings because it's, and you and I have had the same experience. It's like you get into something like lifting or yoga and you have this amazing life transformation. You start feeling so much better. And then the natural thing is then to want to tell everybody about it. And I think that's how a lot of these people get their start in MLMs is maybe they weren't really into, you know, healthy eating and they do start having a shake that has a lot of protein and a lot of nutrients that they weren't having before. And they're like, oh my God, I feel so much better. And so it starts out as like just wanting to share that about people. But I think often when you're in that phase of your journey, you can't necessarily see that one size does not fit all. Like you're just so excited about what happened to you and your experience and your transformation that you can't be like, oh, maybe Stacia needs very different things than I do. And that's where I think like I see the people in the MLMs just like hitting a certain product or workout plan so hard. And it's like, I'm glad you've had such a great experience with this and that it makes you feel so good. But that does not mean that everybody needs it. It even gets into the whole idea, I feel like, with fitness of like superfoods and all these things that you need to be healthy. And then when people feel like either A, they can't afford it or B, they're not using it, that they're not going to be able to be healthy or to get good results. Because like at the end of the day, I feel like sure, there's things that can be helpful that are a bonus. But at the same time, like if you can't afford the super greens doesn't mean you're not going to be able to help make better choices and healthier choices in your life that are going to move you towards what your goals are. A supplement and a pill isn't always the answer. (laughs) No. And I think like as someone who has worked with you as like you are my trainer, and I really appreciate this about how you share your program, but you are very like, If you just move a little bit more every day and eat like a little bit healthier and drink a little bit more water, you're going to feel a lot better. And it's like, I think, you know, there's a lot of problems in the wellness and fitness space, but we often think like, I need to be spending all this money on all of these products and, you know, X, Y, Z. But it's like, at the end of the day, like if you're trying to lose weight, you just need to be in like a little bit of a calorie deficit, right? If you're trying to get stronger, you just need to move your body a little bit more. There's so many great free workouts on like YouTube and things and 
you know, you can buy fruits and vegetables. I think we get so caught up in needing all of these like amazing miracle pill products. And that's really not even what's going to work anyway. Going back to first form again, they like if you look at their elite athletes who are making a significant amount of money on commission for pushing their products, they're consuming probably thousands of dollars worth of product every single month and then making it seem really sexy and appealing and necessary. And so I feel like a lot of people fall into this trap of like, oh, I need to spend all this money on these supplements. And again, I guess this isn't so much related to MLM is just like fitness industry and supplementation, but uh, I think they're very close to each other. Yeah. I think a lot of people fall into that trap of thinking that it's something that they need in order to get results. And it's like, you know what? I did that when I first started working, I got all the beast. I got all the pre-workout. I got all the supplements. And guess what? I'm like my healthiest and happiest now. And the only supplement I take is protein powder. And that's occasionally maybe three times a week because I really like my smoothies with a scoop of vanilla protein because it makes them sweeter and more filling. And I love it. And that's what I do. And uh, it definitely wasn't the case before. And to be fair, if you are training like a bodybuilder, There are some benefits to certain supplementation, but again, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be any better off if you're just trying to be healthier. Right. Like, yeah, when I was in college rowing, an endurance, rowing is an endurance sport. Like the way I ate and supplemented was very different than right now, but that was like truly just because that was the fuel that my body needed. And yeah, I think to your point, a lot of times... I think people get into working out and then they're like, I need all of these protein powders. And it's like, girlfriend, you're working out for an hour a day. Like, just make sure that you're eating well. Like, you don't need to buy all of this stuff. And I think like vitamins and supplements are amazing if they're really, you know, like I'm anemic. I have to take an iron supplement. I always have. That's really helpful for me. But I don't necessarily need to like buy all these other ones that are like really popular right now just because other people are taking them but it's I've gotten stuck in that trap before and I'm sure you have too yeah especially it's interesting if you go to like first form it's crazy how they're I know I go back to it but it's the like supplement company I know the most about but uh, watching their products evolve like they used to have a very simple line and now they literally have a supplement for everything and it's like yeah do you like you look at the names of some of these and you're like what even is this and why would somebody need it. Yeah. You are just trying to make money now. Like quit making it so obvious. Totally. It's so crazy. Well, and going back to your point earlier about the, you know, people who work with companies like First Form who are spending thousands and thousands of dollars or I mean, consuming thousands and thousands of dollars worth of products. Like the question I always think about too is like, okay, sure. Maybe like I know somebody who sells shakes and has had an incredible physical transformation And she really seems to love what she's doing. But for me, I don't want to drink two shakes a day and then have like one meal that's normal food. Some people that, you know, if they're like have a really stressful job or food really stresses them out, that's really great for them. But for me, that sounds terrible. Or having this crazy supplement, you know, like routine where I have to be taking things in the morning, the middle of the day, like that's just too much. And so I think it's also important to think about like, okay, maybe you'll get these results, but do you also want to be tied to your like diet and supplement schedule? Not at all. (laughs) No, I want freedom. I saw like a good graphic the other day and it was uh, on, and this is like semi-related, but not, but it was the freedom spectrum and it was like, you decide. And it showed an arrow pointing in both directions and it's like less life freedom, more physique potential more life freedom, less physique potential on like different ends of the spectrum. And I think that that's what I've come to realize is like my happy place is here where I have tons more life freedom. Yeah. But I I don't have abs, but like that's okay because I know what's on the other end of the spectrum in order for me to be my leanest. Right. And I I don't even know how, I literally don't know how I got that lean. Oh my God. I think that all the time too. Yeah. Like what the fuck were we doing? So miserable. I must have been just uh, on uh, crack cocaine, but I wasn't, but it seemed like I was. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was working out so much because I can't imagine. I literally still work out five to seven days a week and my physique is completely different. And I'm like, huh, 
Like, I really, I don't know how that ever happened, but I must have not done anything else with my life except for work out and then eat supplements and like restrict and do whatever else that I was doing. And I'm like, that wasn't living. And again, if that's what living is for you, good for you. I just realized that for me, that was not for me. (laughs) No, but you're so right. It's like, that's the thing too. I think that often gets missed is like, okay, this person looks amazing, but what does that person's diet look like? How many hours are they spending? Because same, when I was at my leanest, I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast before, I 100% had orthorexia and I lived by myself. And so I had the space to be like working out and doing all this stuff all the time. It was like all I did in my free time, but it was exhausting. And I think externally people would see it and be like, oh, like Station Lizzie looked really lean and really healthy at these times. And it's like, yeah, maybe physically, but like also there was no flexibility in our lives and like it it's just so strict and regimented. Yeah, I was very obsessive. It's interesting because I do feel like most people are like looking back on their leanness and I was like starved and all these terrible things. And I honestly, when I had my transformation, I felt pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. And uh, but it what the thing was, was that I thought that it was going to be the thing that like brought me self-esteem. Yeah, gave like answered all your problems. Yeah, because I was like, oh, now my body's perfect. So therefore the world is going to be like, yes, Stacia, you're worthy. And then I was like, wait, actually, no, I still hate myself. So this sucks. <laughs> Sorry, not funny, <laughs> but kind of funny. Yeah, it's fun. Hey, we all have our journeys. But I do think that uh, it's crazy to look back on because I really don't know how I ever maintained uh, that level of leanness because it seems really challenging. I'm like, I feel like I do a pretty good job now and I am 30 pounds away from what I weighed at my leanest. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, you made a really good point too, that like you might not be feeling terrible, but it is just like all consuming so much time. And yeah, it's like when I was really lean, I did feel I was really energized, but like mentally I was just exhausted having to like plan out my food and exercise all the time. And it's like, that becomes all you think about. It's like obsessive. And then you're just like, Oh, this isn't I'm doing this to be healthy and this isn't healthy at all. (laughs) No, it becomes a chore and that like we have enough things that we have to do on a daily basis just to survive. It's like we don't need working out to be another have to, but totally. Hi, you guys. Stacia and I are so excited to share that we now have a Hey, You Got This podcast newsletter that you can sign up for. The link is in our show notes as well as our Instagram bio. And by signing up for our email list, you will be notified every time a fresh episode drops. You will get extra show notes and details from each episode, along with some other fun and exclusive pieces of content from Stacia and I. Thank you so much for your support. And we can't wait to see you in your inbox. So I have a question for you as a badass fitness professional. What are your thoughts on these like fitness MLMs? So like the big popular one I feel like everyone's heard of is Beachbody where people are like, you know, someone who has no fitness background could be like trying to sell people into these workout programs. And the programs are run by like fitness professionals. But what do you think about that? Like that dynamic? Honestly, I don't know that much about Beachbody. I know I've encountered, I think, two people that have participated in it. So I don't know enough to really speak confidently on it. I respect that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I am grateful that... It's not just something that someone can sign up for, try and make money from and be leading the classes. (laughs) The fact that they have workout libraries that are done by people that know what they're doing, I think is encouraging because especially like that's the thing that gets scary with these things is that who are the people that are giving the advice? Who are the people promoting the products that they're selling? And do they have the knowledge and expertise to be able to do so because then it can become dangerous. So if people don't know a lot about working out, they can be prescribing things that maybe not be best for people, et cetera, et cetera. So like, obviously for me, I really care about people's safety and well-being, And so I just always want to make sure that what's being promoted is done by qualified people. Cause there's a lot of unqualified people out there doing things that like, I mean, I get the fake it till you make it, but there's certain things we don't need to be faking. Yeah. Well, and also, 
and you pointed this out in your amazing blog post that you just wrote for me, which I will link. But also I think just because someone has a fitness certification, again, it's like just because someone's a doctor doesn't mean that they're a good doctor. And so I think we all have to really feel out. You made this point of what do you really want from a program? How do you want to feel? I think Beachbody, I've done the Beachbody workouts before with like friends who have purchased the program and they're really good introductory workouts. Like they're really fun. They're really short. I don't like personally have a huge problem with them. I don't love them, but I don't like hate them. But I think again, like it's not for everybody. Right. And there is a lot of like plyometrics. Like there's a lot of like jumping, which you and I know is like not for everybody. Like there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm like, this is a good workout, but a lot of people's bodies should not be doing this. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, really my biggest problem with it is that they're marketing and their messaging is seeped heavily in diet culture, which is something I'm strongly against. So like if you go to, it's fun, you can look at what Facebook ads companies are running. Anybody can look at them. Yeah. And uh, so I was looking at Beachbody's ads that they were running. And I mean, it's just crazy to see how much money and effort goes into their advertising on Facebook because they have run like a million ads a day. So it's just kind of one of those things where I'm distrustful of any gigantic corporations and I don't want to give them my money because I'm like, you are not going to be the people that actually care about your people. That's why I built my own business and my own program. And sure, it's not a multi-million dollar business, but when people join my program and they like message me on Instagram, they get a voice note from me because I'm so excited to work with them and all these different things that just have like a more personal touch. So for me, I prefer aligning myself with businesses and brands that are on a smaller scale and I have the luxury to do that. So for me, that's just where when it comes to things like and again, Beachbody, like BBG, all these things, when you give somebody like blanket fitness advice could end up causing injury and problems down the road because, uh, again, different people have different needs. Yeah. My <laughs> chiropractor and I were even, cause I have to go to the chiropractor three times a week right now. Um, shout out Bob. He's like the only person I see who's not my husband. <laughs> Steve. Um, but my chiropractor and I were talking about this this morning because he was a rower in college. I was a rower. He like, he very much serves like the rowing population. And we were talking about even within athletics, how it's like, there's this one size fits all mentality. And then everybody ends up with all these like lifelong injuries, which I'm now dealing with because things, you know, it's like you're performing and it's great, but they don't take the time to be like, what does Stacia's body need? What does this person's body need? And yeah, I think it's really important to find people that are able to understand and serve that. I think that's why like Bikram yoga in, in one part, there's so many things that are problematic about Bikram yoga, but part of Bikram yoga that's so problematic is like that they expect everyone to look the exact same doing the poses, be able to do them the exact same depth, be aligned the same way. And there's no... And also have the same body. Same body. There's no respect for like people's unique anatomy and physiology. And like that is a huge part of being able to move and feel healthy for a lifetime. I think that that was also kind of the reason I ended up being so against BBG. And again, I think it's great that she's inspired so many people to be more physically active. But at the end of the day, her workouts are designed for athletes and people that maybe have 10 pounds to lose. But now it's being marketed as a weight loss program. And it's like, this is going to really hurt people that are not used to working out and people who like have not done the proper foundational strength building so that their joints and ligaments are prepared for impactful jumping with all the plyometrics she does. Uh, yeah. And so I think that, and that's what can be so harmful about all these products, programs, and things being sold is weight loss is that it attracts people that are desperate to lose weight because they think that's what they have to do. And then it ends up doing more harm than good because it was never meant for where they're at in the first place. And I think BBG was like, again, they're, it's not the worst program out there, but I think that it can be, I, and again, this is speaking of the program I did like 
six years ago. So I have no idea how it's evolved since then. And maybe they're doing a way better job. I'm not sure. I don't keep tabs on it. But I do know that it's like when you see the pictures, you see somebody that's like 130 pounds go to 120 pounds. Right. With abs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, well, they already look like they already were working out before and then they were able to get a little bit leaner through doing this program. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just it's it's the Wild West out there, guys. (laughs) I know I did BBG, I think, about the same time that you did. I did it for a couple of weeks with a friend and then I was like, I hate this. I'm not doing it anymore. But it was like six years ago. So I was in my early. 20s pretty fresh out of rowing in college and I remember the first week one of the movements she had in her workout was split split jumps and I was like are you kidding we're starting with these and I was in like pretty good shape and it was hard for me and I remember thinking like this is not like we're not warming up into this at all you're just starting really hard which I think a lot of fitness professionals do is like look at how great my workouts are we're just hitting it hard but I also remember thinking like I am in pretty good shape and I have a really good foundation and this workout is pretty ridiculous. So I can't imagine the people who are starting it having never worked out and being like, I should get into fitness and finding it like it just, yeah, it could be a huge disaster. Yeah. And then they get discouraged. They get injured. It is too difficult for them, whatever the reason may be. I guess then maybe the goal with us saying all this is just to be mindful of what you are getting yourself into before you buy it and try to find a program and people that align with you and what your goals are. And uh, I just, it it's tricky. And I'm curious what you would say to someone who's trying to sell you something from an MLM, because I think that regardless of who you are, we all have stories of being approached by people who want to sell us a product that we're not interested in. And it's hard because if it's your friend, you want to support your friend. So it can be tricky. So I'm curious if you have any ideas. Yeah, that's a good question. I usually try not to lead with like, I don't like MLMs unless it's like, uh, I get a lot of, like I was saying, random messages from people I don't know. And then I'm like, I don't like MLMs. Like, I wish you all the best. This is not my thing. If it's somebody that I know, um, I'll try to be like, it looks like you've had a really great experience with these. And then Like part of the reason that I don't like these like MLM fitness or wellness things is just because I've had my own journey with, you know, all the wellness stuff. But also like I have a chronic pain condition. I have anxiety and medic like that I take medication for. And so I have learned like there's a very specific way that I need to eat and move that makes me feel my best. And I don't want to try anything that's going to throw that off. And so I usually just kind of lead with that, like based on, you know, my, my body and my own needs, like I'm not interested in trying products like this, but like, thank you. Mm -hmm. Good luck. What about you? What do you say? I mean, it's so crazy because I really feel like I haven't had to, I see friends of mine participating in them and I really, truly at the end of the day, like I would love nothing more than to see them be successful with any of their endeavors. Yeah. And that's a really good thing to add to like, we want people to be successful. Yeah. And like, I will cheer you on for what you think is best for you. And I will cheer you on for what I think is best for you. It's just interesting for me at the end of the day, it kind of breaks my heart because it can come across as really disingenuine when you have friendships where it goes to that. Because for me, I remember in Vegas, I was at a DSW and I was new there. I didn't really have any friends. And this woman started talking to me and we had this amazing conversation and we talked for like 30 minutes and she was like, here's my number. And then I messaged her. And then the next conversation we have, she's like, so here's my mentor. Like, do you want to have a conversation? And I was like, wait, like I thought, I thought we were friends. Yeah. And uh, so it made me question whether, and maybe the connection was genuine that like we could have been friends or whatever else, but it ended up, I mean, she went about it horribly because she was all like, yeah, I'm like retired at 30 years old or whatever else, you know, the typical type of marketing that they get to uh, try and get people into it. And again, not that that's not possible for people. It's just, uh, I remember feeling really sad after that because I was like wait are we actually friends (laughs) like did you actually want to start a friendship with me or were you just like oh she's cool but I have this business plan that requires me to bother people to buy all this stuff yeah to sign up a certain amount and and that just rubs me the wrong way and I think both you and I are pretty mellow with our marketing it's not meant to be there as something to 
manipulate or coerce somebody into making a decision. And that a lot of times the marketing behind the MLMs, again, are going are going to be more manipulative and coercive. So it's hard because then you get all these blurred lines with friends and whatever else, like with my friends who I've known for a long time, honestly, when I, I've seen them start to participate and they haven't asked me anything about it. And so it's like, cool, you do you. Like, I'm more than happy for you, but it is, it, it's hard when it becomes a friend thing. Yeah. And I think that's just like what you just said is such good business advice. It's like, I don't, and I know, like, I know you don't just reach out to all of your friends and do like, do you want to do my training program? It's like, I don't expect my friends to listen to this podcast. I don't send them like, you know, if I know one of my friends would really want to come to one of my yoga events, I'll be like, Hey, I'm doing this event. But it's like, first of all, my friend's aren't necessarily my target demographic anyway, but it's like, that is such a weird line. And there is, to your point, those people who reach out and maybe it's your friend and then they keep pushing because that's what the MLMs tell them to do. Like, you know, you can turn that no into a yes, just keep pushing. And it's so awkward. And it's also like, as somebody who works in marketing, I'm like, this is not how you go about this. Like you are just making this so uncomfortable for everybody. And I think people feel like they have to do those blanket messages where you slide into every single human's DMs. And it's like, as opposed to taking the time to address the people you think would really benefit from the product or the people that you actually truly want to help. Because for me, I have reached out to people on an individual basis of like, hey, we've chatted before and I know you're looking for something totally like different. This yeah. is what's happening. And I would love for you to be a part of it. And that always comes from a really heartfelt, genuine place for me. And I've never once asked my friends like, Hey, can you please do this program? Like blah, blah, blah. And cause that would just, I, of course it's I would so love weird. for my yeah. friends to do it, but I'm not going to be like, Hey, you're my friend. So you should buy this and support me. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, if anything, I'm like, Hey, you've expressed interest in this. Like you can come for free. Cause I've known you since kindergarten, you know, it's like yeah. something like that. But yeah, I think, I think that's also like, you know, basic business advice is like, figure out who you're trying to reach and get out to them. But like, don't drag all of your friends and family into whatever your business is, whether it's an MLM or not, unless they're like actually the right fit. I would love to know, Stacia, as like a wellness and fitness professional, you know, if somebody did want to buy supplements or purchase, I mean, I think they should purchase your workout program if they want a program because you do do such a good job of individualizing it. But what are like some good brands or resources that people could look up? Because I do want to respect that like there are people that are, you know, curious about these types of things. No, I think that that's a very valid question. Honestly, I feel like I'm the worst person to ask because I literally <laughs> don't buy much of anything. So for me, I'm more just like, I'm very minimalist with what, what I try to buy and consume. And so uh, for me, I don't have a lot of experience working with like a lot of different brands within the wellness space because I keep it pretty basic. But I would just say at the end of the day, who who we give our money to really matters. It is tricky because say you're buying products that are from an MLM to support a friend, like obviously if they are a good product, like do whatever you want to do. But for me, I really try to be intentional with where my dollar goes because that's a privilege that I have with the space that I'm in my life that I can make more intentional purchases and be more aligned with what that person's offering and where that money is actually going and what type of business I'm supporting. So for me, it's really good advice. My life is just really intentional now. And so part of that intention is... Uh, being more mindful of uh, the products I am buying and who I'm buying them from. And do I really need this? Or am I hoping that this is going to fill some promise that the product has for me? Oh, Stacia. Ugh, that just hit me deep. That's such a good question to ask. Because it's mostly so much marketing is being sold these promises of how your life is going to be different once you buy the product, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, and it's why it works so well. And not that and honestly, not that that type of marketing, I think it's good to remind people that change is possible and to paint a brighter future for them. So I think that there there can be good marketing that allows people to see that a better future could exist for them because people need that they need to feel and know that they don't necessarily have to stay where they're at. But I do think that if the promise is a pill or a supplement or a product that's going to change their life, I'm like, mm, 
Like, is it though? <laughs> is it though? So I don't know. It didn't quite answer the question, but that's just kind no, of been I, my experience. I thought you answered it. I love how you answered it. I um, I subscribe to a couple like mindfulness newsletters, and one of them, you know, they often give homework. And one of them the other week was like, anytime you are like going to make a purchase online, that's not like groceries or like an absolute necessity. Just take a moment to pause and be like why am I buying this? Like, why do I think I need this? Because to your point, they were like, a lot of people will buy things thinking like, this is going to solve X versus like, maybe I just need to sit with myself and like, you know, journal or whatever, or like, I just need to work through this on my own. But it's something that I've been trying to think about a lot, especially in terms of wellness stuff. Like, do I really need this? Like, or do I really need to ascribe to this trend? Or is this something that's like, getting at some insecurity that I have, you know? Yes. And I think this is going to be a total, seem like a totally random tangent, but no, I, love it. Uh, I think it's really interesting too. One of our requests for podcasts was to talk about financial freedom and finances and things like that. And so if you're open to it, do you want to talk about that next week? Yes, I would love to, because I do think, yeah, this is very, very relevant to this topic. Yeah. And I think that one of the interesting things I've found on different financial literacy courses and things that I've done is that they recommend you take out all of your stored credit card information from all apps and stores so that you physically have to take out your card and enter it in in order to make a purchase because that can be just enough of a pause for you to be like, wait, do I actually need this? Whereas if all it takes is three clicks of a button and you can buy whatever you want, you don't make that connection that, oh, I'm at, this is actually a financial transaction where my money is going. Yes. And so I think that being more mindful and intentional with our spending and what products we are consuming and like the waste we are creating because, oh my goodness gracious, oh, this world. I'm like, get so overwhelmed with how much garbage. And I feel like I, I make like a garbage bag a week and I feel like that's like a small one and I feel pretty darn good about that. But I'm just like, this world we live in has such throwawayable products being sold. And so the more mindful and intentional we can be with our spending will help our finances as well. It's so funny that you say that because I, at the beginning of quarantine, my stress manifested as like online shopping. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, which I think everybody <laughs> kind of went through that. And a yeah. lot of it was like, okay, I'm like stuck working at home. I need to get like a laptop stand, you know? So somebody else had suggested that to me and I tried it. And Stacia, you are totally right. I spend so much less money now. And there have been things where I'm like, I don't want to go grab my card for this. I'm just not going to buy it. And it, it's been so crazy. It really does make an impact. I didn't realize how powerful it was going to be. It makes a huge impact because I think that that's the hardest part with online shopping is that you end up just clicking a few buttons and all of a sudden you have all this cool stuff. And then you're like, wait, that actually cost me money. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Which was really fun when quarantine started. And I'm like, this is a great time to buy a bunch of new clothing that I'm never going to wear because I'm stuck oh, inside. <laughs> we all did that. It's such a weird like societal thing that we all did like so, yeah. so random do you have anything else you want to add yeah I would just say you know I know everybody has their own feelings about traditional medicine but if you have the means and you're able to I would say go to a naturopath and see what their recommendations are for you because I did that and it has been like the supplements that I take now actually I notice a huge change That's when I awesome. use them because they're things that my body actually needs versus just like <laughs> my naturopath was like, yeah, if you're just taking a bunch of vitamins, basically you just have really expensive urine if it's stuff that you don't need. And I was like, oh, that hits my soul. So That's such a good point. Yeah, if you have the ability to go to a doctor or a naturopath and find out really what your unique body needs, that can be really helpful. Um, and otherwise, yeah, I would, I would say read Stacia's blog post that she just wrote because it has so many good nuggets of information about finding finding a fitness program that works for you. But just, you know, the whole point of us covering this is not to bash MLMs or bash anybody who's trying to make a living, but just to inspire you guys to be really thoughtful about what it is that you truly need and why you feel like you need it and how you can get there in a way that's really going to take care of you long term. I love it. Stacia, we have a really great review that I would <gasps> like to read. Oh, I'm so glad you're on top of it because I have not seen any of these. <laughs> I know. Well, I realized that we have 
forgotten to do it for a while. Well, and we don't always necessarily have a new review. I know. So. We don't always have a new Which review, guys. We so love make sure it that you're leaving you us it. reviews. <laughs> um, but we had a really, really awesome one Yay. from Jazzy, who is actually, Jazzy's like one of my first Instagram followers from 2013, and she's still following me. So thank you so much, Jazzy. I, I just adore you. I've never met you in person, but I feel like I know you. And her review says, hey, I got this, which just hey. made me giggle. <laughs> and it says, Lizzie and Stacia have invested in themselves throughout the years to share their knowledge and resources on all things health and wellness. Despite their expertise, they continue to explore new perspectives and topics about what makes us a wholesome human. The podcast is an open door, a seat at a table, an invitation for us to learn and grow together. I always feel like I had a coffee date in the most rad conversation with a girlfriend at the end of each episode. I look forward to every topic they shed light on. So Jazzy, thank you so much. We super appreciate you. You are so incredibly thoughtful and shoot us a DM so that we can send you a little care package to say thank you. I love that so much. And quick side note, so funny. I cannot tell you, my mom, my sponsor, all these people in my life that if I say something or somebody says something that's like, oh, this is hard or whatever else, they're like, hey, you got this. And they're like, <laughs> love to quote the podcast to me. And I was like, oh, that makes me so happy that, that you use that as advice for people. Oh. Like, hey, you got this. And I'm like, yeah. Oh. I love this podcast. I love love this so much. And I love the community and I love hearing your guys' requests. And this has just been such an inspiring and empowering project. So... Love it. We love you guys. I love you, Lizzie. I love you, Um, So something Stacia and I were talking about before we recorded is we have a book club, but Stacia and I are also like voracious readers. And I feel like I always hear about really cool books from Stacia. And so we wanted to start before we do our yay for the day, just sharing what we're reading right now. So Stacia, what are you reading right now? I am currently reading Women Who Run With the Wolves. Oh, I've heard that's so good. Yeah. So it actually found its way into my life after we read Untamed and I was reading Amazon reviews of the people who were being critical of Untamed and they were like, if you really want to learn as a woman how to tune into your intuition and become untamed, you would get a whole lot more out of this book. And so it was recommended a few times in the reviews of Untamed. And so I was like, sweet, let's check it out. Let's go. Let's go deeper. But it's really nice because it tells a lot of stories from like a mythical, like how stories are passed down from generation to generation and all the different archetypes that are being represented in these stories and what they're supposed to tell us about life and living. So I would say at first it's a, I don't want to say that it's difficult to get through, but it is a lot to absorb because it's very much so like taking these stories and then analyzing them. So I love it. It is a really fun kind of more like, I don't even know. It feels more, more like salt of the earth, like truly authentic type of uh, how to embrace your intuition and being a wild woman. And it's really, I'm really loving it. So I am happy Ooh, that that is that what I'm currently good. reading. <laughs> I want to add that to my list. Yes, it's fun. But what are you reading? I am reading The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. And, you know, you and I have talked a lot about our own like anti-racism education and we read Hood Feminism and I read a bunch of other books and watched a bunch of movies and I was learning so much, but I also felt like I didn't want to stop my anti-racism work, but I was like, I need some time to digest this um, before I like continue learning new theories and new perspectives. And this book had shown up on a lot of book lists about, you know, just like books about race. And it's a novel that tells the story of a young slave going through the Underground Railroad and what that was like. And, it, you know, it's it's hard to read in some spots because they so uh, the author so unapologetically describes the experience of being a slave and being somebody's property and like just the totally terrible mindfuck that these incredible humans who are so just like strong and inspiring and Ugh, the shit that they went through and it's a really good read and I've learned a lot and it's just again goes to show you how terrible like just so much of this stuff is and 
how a lot of just, I guess, our thought processes in America kind of were started. So I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, that's heavy, but (laughs) it's very heavy, but I do like the fact that it's in novel form. I think like we've mentioned before that we don't often read novels. So I think it's good to have something that can teach you, but also tell a story. Yeah. It's, it's really heavy, but it's also like, it's one, it's one of those heavy books that as I'm reading, I'm like, I feel like I have a greater understanding of just this whole history and you know they weave a lot of the historical aspects into and it's just been um very eye-opening but I've been really you know I I just like tear through it every night so well then um, yeah yeah. Oh, do we do oh, it? Oh, I, oh, yeah. What's your yay for the day? I'm going to beat you to it. <laughs> yes. So my yay for the day is that by the time you all will be listening to this, we will be a day away from the doors closing for the total body confidence ah. breakthrough. So this Sunday, we are rec- from the day that we are recording, is when it goes live. But by the time you hear this, there's only going to be like about 24 hours left. <laughs> sign up, sign up. Yeah. And so it's just nice. Uh, already, I have some people enrolled in the program and I'm just so excited to get started with everybody and for us all to be doing this together and working together and building that community because that's something that is just so important to me. I realize a lot on this journey of life, but especially fitness journeys can be really overwhelming, intimidating, and it's nice to know that you're not alone when you're going through this type of stuff. And so for me, I just really feel like trying to build a community of women who are working towards the same things is just something that is really meaningful work to me. And I'm so grateful to get to bring together all these women who are so excited to start the program. But if you haven't enrolled yet, you still have a little bit of time. I would love to have you. You're going to see both Lizzie and I in the program. I was gonna say, we're both going to be there. Yeah. I'm, I'm going through as a, a client, a yeah. trainee. Yeah. What would you call, what do you call the people who are, I'm going to be in the tri- in the program. She's going to be a, a kettlebell queen. It's cool. As a worker outer. <laughs> and it's going to, yeah, you got, if you love this podcast, you're going to love being a part of this because you're going to get to see more of us, more of me, but you're also just going to find ways to move your body in a way that is meaningful for you and feel strong and learn new skills. And it's just, I'm really, really excited to have this be out into the world. It has been a long time coming and I poured a lot of years of work and expertise into making yeah, this did. from scratch based on all my knowledge and the things that I've learned as a trainer. And so I'm just really grateful for everybody that's already signed up, everybody who's excited about it. I'm excited about it. So there's still time. Get on it. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> so that's my yay. What about you? Nice. My yay for the day. I feel like you have all this like exciting, inspiring stuff that mine are really heavy today. So on August 20th is the 10 year anniversary of my mom passing away, which is just a really weird milestone. I did not anticipate it hitting me as hard as it has been hitting me and also it's the like (laughs) look around at the year that we're having it's just a lot and so I had you know I know I've told you and some of my other really good friends that I've just you know been not feeling the best. I've definitely been in a depressive episode and the other day uh, yesterday some flowers showed up and I was like this must be a missed delivery and two of my best girlfriends from Vashon had sent me this beautiful bouquet. I'll show it to you. Sorry, guys. You can't see it on the podcast. I'll post it with this like amazing note. And it was just a reminder of how I'm trying not to cry, how nice it is to feel seen, you know, like at the end of the day, we all just want to feel seen and have people be like, Hey, you got this or Hey, I got you. And it was just, I was overwhelmed with gratitude and it was just really touching. And I was reminded of what wonderful people I had in my life. And it was just a really good feeling. I love that so much. And I'm so glad you shared that. I think that especially at a time like this, when you realize that you do have these great friendships and these wonderful people that love and support you, it really is times like this where it matters most. And I know I had a tough day the other day and my friend called me and we chatted and it was good. And then she brought me a crab that they caught and was like, gifted me a fresh crab that I got to cook for myself. (laughs) And I was like, I have friends that bring me crab. This is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I do think too, like this year has been, it's kind of refreshing because it's been hard on everybody. Mm -hmm. And I do think collectively it's gotten all of us a little bit better about being like, I'm having a shit time. Like I feel like I am more vulnerable with people and I know you are too, than I would have been otherwise. And I see that like across the board with 
all my friends and loved ones. And I do think that's like the cool stuff. And who doesn't want like a free crab? That's amazing. And also I want to just shout out Lizzie because you also are an amazing friend. And I saw that (laughs) Lisa had posted about you sending her some goodies to help her out in this time. So like not only are you receiving all this awesomeness from your friends, but you're also being a great friend. And I just think that that's really nice. Thank you. I also am a strong believer, guys, in the power of snail mail. So like everybody loves getting a letter. Stacia is amazing at sending cards. I send birthday cards to everybody. Yes, I love it. I love that you do that. But I just think like, you know, it's such a small thing, but how much shitty mail do we all get? And when you get like a nice note or like a bottle of wine or whatever it is from somebody, it's like you feel so special. So yeah, if you know there's somebody in your life who could use it, send them a card, send them a postcard, send them, you know, if you have the means, uh, you can drizzly is a way that you can send people like drinks or snacks or whatever. Um, it's really fun. I saw this post that I just want to share really quickly on the, the note of this. And it was when you feel like saying, let me know if you need need anything, try this instead. Send a card, make a meal, call the check-in, send a supportive text, send a funny meme or video, offer a specific suggestion that you can help with and maybe include the time. Example, can I bring you dinner on Tuesday or Wednesday this week? Listen, validate what they are feeling, say I love you, hug them if they're cool with that, (laughs) ask what they've been struggling with and see if you can help in one of those areas. So that was Uh, really nice for me because I feel like I do often am like, well, let me know if you need anything. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, and it's when you're in the shitties and then you have to like tell someone what you need. That's really hard. It's hard. And like women, especially, we're not that great at asking for help. So we don't want to like be a bother or impose on anybody. So if they're like, well, do you need anything? It's like, well, no, I don't need anything, but I sure could use a lot of things <laughs> like so I think that that just is a friendly reminder like and again it doesn't have to be something that has monetary value or costs you anything I think it's one of those things when you know someone is having a hard time or whatever else even a phone call yeah can mean so much and so there's a lot that we have available to us to help lift each other up there is I saw I feel like this is like the longest <laughs> wrap up of a podcast ever but this is relevant I promise I saw something on Twitter the other day where it was it's this challenge and I'm blanking out on what it's called, but this woman was like, for 60 days, every day I reached out to somebody out of the blue and just expressed my like gratitude or admiration for them. So like an example she gave was like, you know, someone she knew from high school had like a business and she reached out to them and was like, I just want to know what you don't know. I think that what you're doing with your business is so cool and I just really admire it. And I just thought I would tell you. And so for like 60 days, she did things like that. And she was like, you know, by the end of the 60 days, like my mental health feels so much better. But she was like, also a lot of these people, like we engaged in conversation and now we're collaborating on things. And it was just so cool. So that's amazing. Just a reminder, a little goes a long way. It does. And if I think something that I'm trying to do, this really is the world's longest wrap up is that. It is the show that never ends. When things come up for you, whether you're scrolling or you're whatever, and you like a compliment comes to mind of somebody where like, just send it. Say like, wow, I've been seeing what you're doing and it's awesome. Because like, you really have no idea. For me, I post random stuff. And like the other day I got a message that's like, it makes my day every day seeing your journal post in your stories. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't think that like anybody actually cared. But her saying that to me is like, oh, that like, thank you. And like, it's not this huge astronomical, like, you're the best person in the world. But it was just like, (laughs) like you say, people want to be seen, people want to be heard and validated. So like, I felt very seen there. And I was like, thank you for seeing me, but then taking it a step further and acknowledging it. So like, when you can get when you can offer that to someone else, it really is such a gift. Mm. I love that so much. All right, we're gonna stop the world's (laughs) longest podcast. But Thank you guys so much for being here. We love you all so much. Stacia, is there anything that you'd like to add? Remember, hey, you got this. (laughs) 